Have you ever noticed that the lower jaw is not protected in sports? Did you know that 10,800 concussions will happen today? This has been an upward trend for the past 50 years. I'm Dr. Michael Hutchison, a practicing neuromuscular dentist. When my son wanted to participate in football and rugby, I was afraid he was going to get a concussion. That fear led me to finding the missing link to reducing concussions. The fact is, the only part of the skull that is not protected in sports is the lower jaw. If you want to drastically reduce concussions, there are three basic jaw positions that affect concussions and two of them are not good. The correct one is called physiologic jaw position. It will dissipate the force away from the brain. Knowing that, I designed an appliance that put my son's jaw in the right place and as a result, he was concussion-free from fifth grade all the way to senior year. This jaw position takes those 10,800 concussions today down to 28. It's the key to concussion protection. As a parent, this is what you need to know. It's extremely important that the device you are using is on the lower jaw. Thickness of the device is important. Most importantly, it must position and hold you in your own unique personal physiologic jaw position. So if your child goes out on the field with the correct jaw position, your son or daughter will not one of those 10,800 concussions today. Get yours today at powerplusmouthguard.com. Use the promo code POWERUP2023 for 10% off. Thanks for listening to the Pigskin Tales podcast. This story was written and produced by your host, Ross Bliley, edited by Nikki Bliley. You can follow me on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find the podcast on multiple music streaming providers, including Spotify, Amazon Music, and Audible. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, subscribe to the show on the Sports History Network. As a conversation starter, you can email me questions or leave feedback of the show at pigskintailspodcast at gmail.com. The soundtrack is provided by Kevin McLeod of filmmusic.io. Before we get into the story, I have to mention newspapers.com. I use it for my research and I love it because it gives me so much interesting information I would have never found otherwise. If you visit SportsHistoryNetwork.com, we offer a free one-week subscription as a trial. With a paid subscription, you'll be supporting the production of this podcast as well as the other shows. Once again, thanks for listening to the Pigskin Tales Podcast. Last time on the Pigskin Tales Podcast... Mr. Grange started to play professional football for the Chicago Bears under George Hallis. They went on a 10-game barnstorming tour in the Midwest from November 26 to December 13, 1925. Red ended up getting hurt towards the end of the tour and had to sit out between two and four weeks. Just before Christmas, Hallis decided to embark the team on another nine-game tour. This time on the Pigskin Tales podcast, I'll be focusing on Mr. Grange's Florida tour with the Bears. So sit back, relax, and thanks for listening to the Pigskin Tales podcast.
Hi folks, are you curious about some of the unique players, teams, games, and events of Pro Football's past? If you are, please check out my bi-weekly podcast, The Pigskin Past. I'm Joe Zagorski, a member of the Pro Football Writers of America and the Pro Football Researchers Association. I've written three books about pro football history, and I'm currently writing my fourth. Now, my era of expertise is the 1970s in the NFL. Heck, I even have a Facebook page by that title, and my very first book also has the same title, The NFL in the 1970s. But every now and then I check out a different era, so I might surprise you. Anyway, if you like pro football history, please check out my bi-weekly segment here called The Pigskin Pass when you get a chance. I think you'll enjoy it. On December 13, 1925, 18,000 fans watched their home team Chicago Bears take on the New York football giants. Because Red Grange did not play due to injury, many people chose to cancel their tickets. He could only watch from the sidelines in disappointment. The Bears lost to the Giants 9-0. Coach Hallis and the Grangeless Bears walked to the locker room through a crowd of loud boos. There, he discussed how the team played horribly and that he was glad the season was over. He also mentioned that in the next week, they will be starting a nine-game barnstorming tour. The first game, they'll be taking a train to Miami, Florida to play the Coral Gables Collegians. So they better get their act together. It's time for a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. At the Sports History Network, we're all about the sports yesteryear, and so we're pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings sports history to life. The Row One Gallery features over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, and advertisements in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. Any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. It's your choice. In the Row One Shop, you can pick from thousands of unique items that feature retro and historical backgrounds dating back to 1876. We have everything from clothing to phone cases to mugs, even shower curtains. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com backslash row one for access to the full Row One catalog. When you buy from the gallery today, you can instantly save 15% on your purchase. All you have to do is enter the code SHN15 and your discount will be applied. That's SHN15. That's it. Simple. Save 15% off all your prints in the Row One Gallery. Just go to sportshistorynetwork.com backslash row one. And don't forget to check out all the podcasts on the Sports History Network. Soundtrack provided by Kevin McLeod of filmmusic.io. In Ira Morton's book about Red Grange, titled The Red Grange Story, an autobiography, on December 21, 1925, Coach Hallis, Red Grange, and the 20 other Chicago Bears players loaded onto a Pullman train car headed for Miami, Florida. As the players were laughing, talking, and generally having a good time, 
Someone nicknamed the train car they were riding in as the doghouse. From that moment on, Hallis could feel the tension of the players ease up. That put a smile on his face. Two long days on the train later, it was reported in the newspaper, the Miami News, that the team had just swung off the train in Miami at 4.30 in the afternoon. Since it had been 10 days from when they last played, they were raring to go. The author of the article is not known, but he does say that Red Grange and his college friends had a fun time at the University of Illinois banquet. Quote, Over 200 Illini and their friends were at the banquet at the Coral Gables Country Club Wednesday night, December 24th, which was tendered for the Redhead and his companions, a group which would have been right at home in Champaign, Illinois. Hilariously greeted the Bears and members of the group, which included Dr. Cooley of Danville, C.C. Pyle, manager of Grange, and his business partner, Harry McNevin. Toastmaster Jack Bell led off with a welcoming talk to the Illini and then introduced Mayor Dammers of Coral Gables, Dr. Cooley, Ed Strineman, and Grange, in order, all of whom made brief addresses to the crowd. Following the speeches, the gang joined in the fun for the evening, danced to Jan Garber's music, watched the dancing program, applauded vigorously, and had a real time, end quote. It's time for a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes for the NFL in Week 1. Thrive's featured contest is $20 to enter and first place takes home a cool $20K. When you sign up today, use the promo code SHN and you'll get a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. If you go through the Sports History Network website, sportshistorynetwork.com thrive, you don't even need to enter the promo code. You automatically get the deposit bonus. Download the Thrive Fantasy app on the App Store or Play Store now. You can play online at thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Soundtrack provided by Kevin McLeod of filmmusic.io. According to author Chris Willis, who works for NFL Films, he wrote in his online NFL football journal blog, dated from March 18, 2021, quote, the following day, the Bears conducted a workout. When they visited the empty field where the game was to be played, what they found was hundreds of busy workers building a stadium on four and a half acres of land. 
Work started on the stadium just two weeks earlier, but it wasn't until December 16th that the construction crew got really busy. Crew supervisor J.W. Ricketts oversaw 82 large trucks who hauled lumber and supplies to the site. His staff included 400 workmen working eight-hour shifts to have the stadium ready by Christmas Day. A chef was hired to prepare sandwiches and hot coffee for the laborers. Each day saw 100,000 feet of lumber sawed and put into place with 35 tons of cast iron pipe laid. When the stadium was finished, 600,000 feet of lumber had been used with 250,000 rivet bolts. The U-shaped arrangement of the seats stretched 1,120 feet around the eastern, northern, and western side of the stadium in 17 sections. Coral Gables Stadium was completed at midnight on December 23rd with the final touches to the stands that would seat 16,000 spectators. Seats rose up 24 rows, some 66 feet from top to bottom with a press box, unquote. Here I gotta slide in a quick promo about the football history dude. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. On Christmas Day 1925, Coral Gables Stadium was open to the public in the early afternoon. Author Chris Willis writes in his journal that tickets were priced at $5.50, $8.80, and $11.20 for end seats and $13.20 for center midfield. For the times, these prices were pretty expensive. Most tickets were only a couple of bucks at the most during the regular season. Kickoff was at 3 o'clock, and by the time the pregame flag-raising ceremony had started, only 8,000 fans had paid admission. The game that 8,000 fans saw was a defensive battle. The Pensacola News Journal reported the next day that Grange carried the ball nine times for a total of 98 yards and one touchdown. The Bears beat the Coral Gables Collegians 7-0 on Grange's one touchdown from two yards out. After a week of rest, the Bears headed to Plant Field in Tampa Bay to take on 41-year-old Jim Thorpe and the Tampa Cardinals. According to sports writer Marvin McCarthy of the Tampa Tribune, Grange gave a beautiful exhibition of offensive football when he notched another touchdown on the totem pole after a blistering 70-yard run. In his wake, he left fallen bodies that dove and missed him. On the first drive of the game, the Cardinals' Jim Thorpe fumbled the ball and Crawford of the Bears recovered it on the Cardinals' 20-yard line. After a good defensive stop on third down, 
Ed Sturneman drop-kicked a 30-yard field goal to go up 3-0 by the end of the first quarter. In the second, both teams did not get into scoring position, but Sturneman tried to drop-kick a 55-yard field goal that wasn't even close. In the third quarter, Red was still sitting on the bench waiting for his turn when the Cardinals scored a field goal drop-kicked by Ursula from the Bears' 35-yard line. It was now tied at three. As the fourth quarter had just started, Red finally got back in the game and the crowd cheered wildly. As soon as Red took the handoff, he outsped the would-be tacklers for a 70-yard touchdown. After a three-and-out by the Cardinals, the Bears drove down to the Cardinals' six, where Sturneman rushed into the end zone for the Bears' second touchdown of the day. Game ended with the score 17-3. Thorpe wasn't much of a factor. The next day, the Bears went to Jacksonville to play a new squad of NFL players. Stanford University All-American Ernie Nevers made his NFL debut with the Jacksonville All-Stars. It was not a good showing for Jacksonville and Nevers. Individually, Nevers played well, but Grange and the Bears dominated from start to finish. Nevers scored the one touchdown for Jacksonville, but it was Grange two touchdown passes to help the Bears win 19-6. Moving ahead one week to January 10, 1926, the Bears took on the Southern All-Stars in New Orleans, Louisiana. In front of 6,000 fans, Grange scored one touchdown and turned in 136 rushing yards. The Bears again dominated from start to finish and won 14-0. As the Bears kept rolling through their schedule, they made stops for wins in Los Angeles, San Diego, Portland, and Seattle. In those four games, the scores were 17-7, 14-0, 60-3, and 34-0. They did make a pit stop in San Francisco, but they lost to the Tigers in a close one, 14-9. Overall, Hallis was pleased with the way the team responded from the terrible ending to the regular season. Winning 8 out of 9 games in a 2 month time span was close enough to his perfect expectations. Thanks for listening to the Pigskin Tales podcast. This story will continue in the next episode. This story was written and produced by your host, Ross Bliley, edited by Nikki Bliley. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, subscribe to the show on the Sports History Network. As a conversation starter, you can email me questions or leave feedback of the show at pigskintailspodcast at gmail.com. The soundtrack is provided by Kevin McLeod of filmmusic.io.
Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.